So guys, welcome to the uh, Business Millennial Podcast with Ben Percival and Matthew Wainwright. Um, how are you doing, Ben? Welcome. Very good. How are you doing, Matthew? Very, very well. Very well. So, <laughs> today's, um, I guess, today's topic is around, I guess, the dumbest mistakes that we've done, uh, or I've done at least, or in my opinion, in entrepreneurship. Um, yeah. I guess... And generally, what... Well, dumb things entrepreneurs do yeah i think it's one of those you know uh, if you're going to criticize other people would i'd rather just tell what i've failed at or what i've done wrong and then you yeah know, i guess you kind of see it from there um so i guess the f- number one um i was back at uni um i guess trying to start a consulting business trying to do marketing for lawyers and uh, what I started doing is I started spending a ton of money on softwares. Um, you know, I guess email marketing software, uh, website design softwares. Yeah. Um, I don't even know, like spending hundreds of euros on Fiverr logos, um, <laughs> designing the right website when all I should be doing is just selling. But I didn't really had. I guess the business experience in that regard um, around how to even manage cash flows I had no clue to be honest um, did you spend all of this money on software before you'd actually had the clients yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a classic <laughs> yeah, but that is actually a classic that's a real classic mistake in that you almost start your business before finding out if there's a market there yeah and a lot of people do that. Like, this is such a good idea, and they spend all this money like developing everything. They even might be higher at the team, and then they realize that oh shit, nobody wants to buy my product, or nobody wants to buy this service. Yeah. So it's actually a very valuable lesson in that testing the market, or trying to bring in some kind of revenue first, or getting an inclination of whether these p- people are going to want your services. Yeah. Oh. 100%. I mean, it's... a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And I, to be honest, um, I kind of still struggle with that. So I kind of get a bit distracted by all the softwares and stuff that are, I guess, allowed or that I can use in, in that regard when all you should be doing is focusing on just repeating, rinse and repeat the process that's working for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think some people are so tempted to move on to other things and they realize actually what they're doing now so successful that they just need to focus more on it yeah focus more on things you do well that are giving you the most revenue generation and just do it better yeah rather than trying to do something completely different yeah and start that from scratch again yeah a lot of entrepreneurs fall into this this idea of the shiny new syndrome have you heard of this yeah i get get it so bad Problem. I must start a new business every month. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be such a great idea. Come up, with, come up with so many business ideas that I think are going to be great. But I realise actually, this is going to take me years to get up and running, or months and to get yeah. of of work and capital input. Yeah. And actually, do I think there's going to be a significant upside for me in the years, two years time? Yeah. Not a lot. Maybe there's a good upside in five years time. But yeah. yeah. What I'm doing now, if I'd spent that time on the the work I'm doing now, yeah. my fiber upside is substantially higher. Yeah. So that that's one of the biggest things, like opportunity costs. Like you have to deal with it. Um I, I was the same, literally Ben. So I mean I can only I'm twenty four, just twenty four, so I've kind of tried to start different ideas and businesses. Um and once you hit I guess your face against the wall 
too many times, you realize, oh shit, <laughs> the grass is never greener on the other side. It's just where you water yeah. it. Yeah. But also, I would say it's actually good to do that some sometimes because it teaches you how to be a good entrepreneur in that you're going to fail a lot and you're going to try things that's not going to work. And you, every time you fail, you're going to learn from that mistake. Yeah. So you start a new business, then you think, actually, this is not going to work. Initially, you thought it was a great idea, but yeah. you spend more time looking at it and actually it's not going to be. And every time you do that, you do learn. And there has been times when even with my current business, I've started other businesses along the side yep. and they have been successful. So I wouldn't say to anyone, don't do that. I mean, look at Elon Musk. He's yep. got several different businesses. Um, I know there's other businesses he'd like to start, but he's got several other businesses. And I would say he's probably tried to start like hundreds of others that yep. have just not even got off the ground. And I think that's just part of being an entrepreneur. You start all these businesses to, to be, a, but there's a big difference. There's a big difference between Elon Musk and someone that's just starting out. And yeah, yeah, true. It's a fact that and he's got capital, so he can exactly. deploy that. Yeah, and he's he's and he's also focusing majoritively on his one business. Yeah. So, like, I would say, don't if you have other ideas and other things you want to do <laughs> and want to start, don't forget about your current business that's been making you this money and revenue over the last however many months, however many years, because. That should yeah. be still your focus. Look, I think um, essentially what is going to be very beneficial financially, like at least financially, is if you focus on one thing, like and you go very deep into one that one thing, and then yeah. once you've, it's kind of like you start watering you know, the grass. The grass becomes a bit bigger. You create a tree, and then that tree gives you I don't know apples, and then once you've got enough apples, then you can distribute that apple in order to plant another tree but you don't still have the apple you know like it's like, that's a great that's, a, that's another great metaphor you that's so true because imagine if you didn't put the time in initially to grow that tree and you didn't spend enough time watering it what's going to happen to that tree it's going to die right yeah so you're not ever going to get any fruit from that tree yep. and so then you can't distribute any of that fruit around to other the grass to to grow more trees because you didn't have the tree that was bearing fruit in the first place. Yep, that's a fantastic point. And I think the... when you have access to capital, like yep. like successful entrepreneurs do, it's much easier to hire someone to manage that business because a lot of the time, the problem with the shiny new syndrome is that you're doing a lot of it yourself, and you don't have the capital to say, right, I'm going to put. Hundred thousand pounds aside, yeah, and that's going to last me a year or two years. And we're going to build this one business with my hundred thousand pounds on the on the side, yeah. and I'm going to hire someone to do it. Yep. Not a lot of people have that kind of capital to do that with. Yep. And or, or can find the right people. Yep. So I think that's the main problem there. So you're so right on that in that in that aspect. So you know what I would say that's helped me out a lot in order to not go through the, you know, shiny object syndrome and I don't have it right now. Like I literally don't. I, I kind of I mean sometimes you can look at other opportunities, but I really don't have that really desire. And it's because if there's someone in your industry that's making a ton more money than you are, it's because you're not good enough and you've got a lot a lot a lot of improvement left. So that yeah. gap in the improvement that I've got left versus where I'm at right now just gives me that extra interest on trying to improve myself. 
which is what happens with you know the Chinese object syndrome, where you start a business, you don't get results, and you think, well, it's the industry. No, it's yourself. You're not good enough. And yeah. if you change that, that's really helped me out. And that, that's something we've talked about before in that you can't let your ego kind of take over and you've got to realise that you're not the best at what you do. Yep. And there are people doing a lot of aspects better than you. And so the thing you can do is learn from the people that are doing better than you and not be jealous of them or say, oh, it's actually just the market or he got in before me, that's why he's doing better. Yep. Well, actually, maybe if you'd focused on what he was doing right or that person was doing right, you'd be able to be there in a few years. Yep. And maybe even be maybe even surpass him. Exactly. Yeah, right on that. Yeah. So I mean, for me, I've I've had a problem in, in the past as an entrepreneur in not spending enough time on details. Mm. And I think when it comes to finance, which is what I was doing, I used to spend so much time looking at details and then. When I started businesses, it was like those were the things I didn't want to do because it took up so much of my time, hmm. and and I, I almost just neglected it because it wasn't the most profitable use of my time. Yep. So I just sort of neglected it, but actually, it definitely comes back to bite you in the ass <laughs> later on, six months later, twelve months later, when all this admin's built up and all these things are problems, yep. and now you've got to deal with a crap ton of stuff that initially just should have been dealt with. Yep. in the first place and so yep. I've always been quite guilty of not spending enough time doing the little things and as an entrepreneur it's you want to focus on the interesting things like yep. building the business developing relationships working on the products and service yep. you don't want to spend time sorting out your taxes and yep. doing the admin and focusing on other little things like that yep. but you understand as an entrepreneur that you're not always going to be doing those things. And if you understand that what needs to be done for those things, then you can hire someone later on. Yeah. As long as you understand, you can train that person to work on it. Yeah. I think that's where I guess an admin or a VA comes in where if you build out a, a, that's why most of the really large or big CEOs have had an admin for like the last 23 years. And it's been the same one because they get like the, they yeah, create that right. synergy between them. Right. Where they know exactly yeah. how to work, and and another thing I'm quite guilty of is, I would say this has only happened on one or two occasions, and I, I it was only when I initially started out after being an entrepreneur I moved I started my acquisition business, and I probably didn't spend enough time looking at the minute details of what each business does. Mm. Now, okay, I'm not running these businesses day-to-day myself and bringing someone in who knows and understands them operationally. But I can't give my full help and direction on and strategy to each of those businesses unless I understand them inside and out. Mm. And so what I do now, whenever I look to acquire a business, is I spend a lot of time with the previous owners understanding what the business does mm. and how I can help grow the business going forward. Yep. And before, it was sort of like... I used to just throw money at it, buy a business that looked profitable and was good. Yep. And that's fine. I mean, I think a lot of private equity guys will do that. And they rely on bringing in a good quality CEO to run the business day to day and actually understand how it works because they don't have the time to understand the ins and outs of the business. But I like to really understand when the SME industry, I think you've really got to understand it to push it forward. And so that was something that I made mistakes from in the past. And 
had to try and catch up because when there were problems, it wasn't easy to solve when you didn't understand fully what was going on inside the business. Yeah. So you have to go through a whole lot of time with the with the current owner to set, to understand what's going on and then give your solutions where it's much quicker to if you already understand it to kind of fix those solutions or predict yep. them from coming up in the first place. Yeah. Which is inevitably what, what happens a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um I guess another one would be not being able to manage cash flows properly. Or like project any future expenses that they may buy you and the you know, and you working capital at least. So yeah. um you know, I guess I'm always still pretty young, but I kind of only had a job for uh, like a proper job um, for like three months in my life. So the rest has been just myself trying to manage my finances. And I really didn't have a, I guess, a, a very detailed eye on, on it, on the numbers. And I was just more creative, more like strategically uh, oriented and just the finances is just not something that I've, I've been looking at. But now that I've got a bit more experience, it's literally all that matters. If you don't have cash in the bank or if you're not generating monthly cash flows or quarterly cash flows at least, it's you're going to really struggle and you're not going to have oxygen, which is what, you know, I guess money is for business in that regard. Yeah, that's no, very true. And they can get expenses can get way out of hand really quickly if you're not keeping yeah. an eye on them and monitoring them closely. And that's why we've I've said in other podcasts in the past the importance of reporting. If you do have a business, a lot of I know a lot of business owners because I talk to them all the time. They don't produce management accounts or they don't produce regular reporting of their financial figures. Instead, they just look at what comes in and out of the bank account. Well, that's fine to a certain extent, but you're still not really. Yep. closely looking at right i can improve this margin here yeah this seems a bit low my admin expenses might seem a bit high i could adjust that so i know that there's a time factor and a cost to producing these accounts but it, in my opinion it far outweighs mm. producing those figures to then yep. come up with strategies to, to make them better yeah um yep. and manage cash flow is much better and, and your your company's going to last a lot longer if you're doing that yeah uh, I guess another one that I would say is like just having longevity or long-term mindset. So there, have, there has been some times where I've tried to maybe, you know, make things a bit quicker than they should do, like, say for, yeah, just trying to take shortcuts, essentially. They they don't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, they really yeah. don't work. And it, I agree. Yeah, and it's, it's quite a common thing for entrepreneurs. They do, some people expect they go from one to one million in 12 months. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and really, the, the time you actually make money as an entrepreneur is when you sell your business. Yeah. That is the number one time. That's sort of that cash event in your life yeah. that's, that's going to provide you the most wealth. You can be running a business all your life and actually never be wealthy. Yep. Not until you sell that business that you then have wealth, really, and yep. that, that, that cash pool of money that you can do whatever you want with. And Yep. Yes. Even if you sell it for like two times EBITDA plus net assets, like you now have cash and you've got time, and you can use that time to generate more cash with the cash that you've got. Whereas yeah. before, you were just like just running the day to day. I mean, I'll, I'll lay it out to the, the people listening like this. <clears throat> Let's say you have a business that's making making two hundred thousand pounds in 
in operating profit a year. Let's say you sold it at market rate, which is three times. Let's say the net asset value of the business is zero. So you're going to, t- you're going to get £600,000 for your business. So you, you take £600,000, great, sold your business. Now let's say you don't sell your business and you just run your business. You make £200,000 a year. £200,000 a year in the UK, you get the upper rate of tax. You will pay 20% or 19% corporation tax on that. 200,000. So let's say it's just 40,000. So your 160,000 pounds is your net profit in the business. That 160,000 pounds, let's say you pay out in a dividend or pay yourself, that's about, let's say it's 40% just for for maths reasons. So that's 64,000. So your actual take home is only 96,000 pounds. Yep. So you've literally taken home 96,000 pounds and that's it. If you sold your business for 600,000 pounds, you're paying 10% entrepreneur's relief in tax, which is 60,000. And your take home is 540,000. <laughs> now you've got 96,000 every year, or you've got 540,000 one year. Yep. Now let's assume that you were a half good investor. You can make 10 to 15 to 20% a year just with that 540,000 pounds. Yep. So that's 100,000 pounds. You're paying 20% capital gains tax on that, but you're making a nice little bit of money and you're not working at that hard if you're investing if you're investing your money you can get someone else to invest it for you yeah or maybe you can, you can do better than that and you're setting aside also that you've made five hundred forty thousand. you can still work you can still go and take another job yep or start another business and that other business is going to give you a salary but yep. you've always got that nest egg of half a million pounds or whatever it is yep compared to you just having that ninety six thousand pounds exactly and i and that's literally 5.5 times more than your yearly salary. Yeah. So you can survive five and a half years and not work for that entire time yeah. and have all that money and do whatever you want with for five and, five and a half years. So I, I always say to entrepreneurs that if you get to a point in your life where you think that you would, would like some cash, just cash out that business because you can go off and do something else. Yep. You know, start another business. And that kind of cash will just set you up for life. Yep. Whereas having £96,000 a year, you're never going to be truly wealthy with ninety six. I know that sounds, to some people, a lot of money. Yep. £96,000 a year, maybe you have a family to support, you've got a, probably a mortgage, and you, you won't ever be worrying about putting food on the table and going on holidays. Yep. But you'll never be truly wealthy. Yep. Whereas if you sold your business and you take home £540,000, that's straight in your bank account. Yep. A lot of money. Like that's that's straight in the bank account, and you don't need to. Uh, yep. You don't need to worry about it. Go and invest it, and you've, you're now considered truly wealthy. But having that much liquid capital, there's not many people in the country that have that kind of money. Yeah, it's kind of like wealth is when you when you have like a run. What I consider wealth, at least, is when you have like a run rate that's less than what your investments generate for you without working. So, if you spend like ten thousand per month, but you're getting twelve k per month. You only have two thousand left, but that's because you've got a pot of money that's giving you that cash that you can live off, right? Um, yeah. And that's the goal I think that everyone should try and, and go for at the end. Of the day. Yeah, and and also if you could, if you had five hundred forty thousand, make ten percent a year, let's say fifty four thousand, and you went off and you could, let's say I, I would say ten percent low considering, but let's say you did that, you could go and spend so much time away you could go on holidays you could you have all this time now that yep. you can do with other things that you didn't have before yep 
how true. And in life, that's like, what, what do people value in life? Like, if, I like to work, I like what I do, hmm. but everyone wants time more than anything else. Yep. You know, it's the ultimate currency. Money but, is, is fine, but time is the ultimate currency. Or freedom, no? Like, f- yeah, freedom. freedom to do whatever you want, when you want. Like, if you yeah. can have that, I mean, you're like, like, what, what else can you ask for? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's true. It, it, like, in fact, if you have like a family and you've got work, like, let's say you work in a multinational, you're making half a million a year. So, after tax, that's about three hundred grand, let's say. But you're still on the airplane every single month, and you can't really be there with your family. Is that something yeah. that you really want, or would you rather have a bit less money and be able to do whatever the the, the hell you want, right? Um, yeah. And I think mindsets have changed over the last decade in that people used to be, they would do whatever it takes to make whatever it takes. Yep. And what it's changed to now is we, we want to make as much as we want, but what we value more than making all this money is our financial freedom and our time. Yep. And so I would, I would rather earn a small amount of money but be able to go traveling with my family all year long, mm-hmm. travel around the world or live in Bali or whatever it is, yep. than sort of be stuck in this kind of rat race and yep. another cog in the wheel and stuck on the tube in London with, you know, sniffing at someone else's armpit all the way to work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's not what you want. That's, 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 that's not my ideal picture of life. And yep. you could be earning a hundred grand a year and you're still stuck on the tube every morning with your head in someone's face and yep. all, your, all their armpit. I mean, yep. you could have a Rolex to tell you what, what time you've got to go back to work after lunch that's it no exactly that's it so um, anyways so like, yeah i mean i mean we could probably go on for a long time but we've both made a lot of mistakes yeah that's for sure i mean entrepreneurs do in general uh, and just forgive yourself for like mistakes that you make like i used to what i used to do another one is like i just you like just tell my like constantly remind myself of the mistake that i'd done as opposed to just leave it behind and just move on because just like you're going to make thousands of mistakes on a yeah. on, on your that's, you know yeah that's so right and and if you ponder on that it's just going to demotivate you exactly and you're going to feel like a piece of crap yeah what you need to do is like right i did that but i tried it yeah i had the right intentions yeah and what i'm going to do is learn from it exactly. i won't do that again i'll focus on something else exactly exactly so yeah. to you good stuff all right Great, guys. Well, yeah, we'll do a part two of this because we can go on for hours. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's good to uh, be back. We'll be back again tomorrow. Yep. So catch us then, and we'll um, we'll be on video time next week, I think. So. Yep, indeed. Okay, guys, have a great day.